Hello again, all you wonderful valued members of the Club Kayfabe wrestling community. This is your weekly Club Kayfabe wrestle talk. I am your host, Chris O'Mealy, and I am joined, of course, by Dan Peck. How's it going now? How you doing there now? McMurray. Oh, McMurray. We haven't made a Letterkenny reference in a while. We got to figure out if that show, when that show's coming back. Just heard that Harley Quinn has a new season. Yep. I'm excited about that. Max. Yeah, I'll be watching it. Announced at the same time, DC Universe is no more. How coincidental. <laughs> just just a way for you to read the comics now. Pretty much, yeah. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. I think there's too many streaming services anyway, and eventually a bunch of stuff's going to peter out. Well, it seemed like HBO Max kind of took over like four or five, so. Yeah. Earlier this year, so. And DC Universe being one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So I want to welcome you guys to another weekly Wrestle Talk. Of course, you can find this show on CKCC Radio, along with all of the wonderful, great programming out there, including my new show, The Nerd Table, now the number one podcast on CKCC Radio, which, you know, makes it like one out of ten, but probably still like 50,000th out there somewhere. I don't know. I'd have to actually look at my metrics and compare to all the other shows, but... But big hype for that show. We have an interview coming up this weekend with my good friend Andy Kalapitas. We're going to talk all about his time as a musician, and he's building his own drum kit. So that'll be a fun discussion. Now, when you say he's building his own drum kit, what do you mean? Well, you're going to have to listen to the interview and find out. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's actually building a drum kit. Uh, there, of course, Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks with Jeff Trelowitz. You get a new episode every other week. They interchange. So this past week was a new Ranking Tracks with the Backstreet Boys. That was uh, not as negative as Jeff hyped it up to be. You know what I have to say? Tell me why. <laughs> What's funny is that he's like, tell your wife not to hate me because she's a big Backstreet Boys fan for his ranking, but she was listening to it with me, and she's like, yeah, that song's terrible. That song's pretty terrible. Yeah, he's a 14-year-old talking about getting with girls. It's just pretty terrible. Hey, Mr. DJ. <laughs> that Yeah, that was one of the songs that we buried. So Play that song for me. Another past J Bunny's Music Hub now up. We're getting through the backlog as we slowly start to catch up. I think we've got about half the backlog now uploaded on the channels, and soon we will be caught up. Of course, Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton gets you ready for the month, the first Monday of every month. A new Bored to Death binge cast with Jay, Chris, Zeke, Sam, and others will actually be available when we're done recording this episode. Because they, uh, they sent me the new episode. I'll have to get that uploaded. When I'm done taking care of all my stuff here. And, of course, a new Race Nerd podcast dropped this past week. Matt, I apologize. I was rushed when I uploaded it, and I don't remember offhand what you were actively discussing. But I will look that up right now and make sure that everybody mm-hmm. knows. Everybody knows, wants to know. It was the uh, Labor Day tradition. That can't be right. That was not the newest thing I uploaded onto CKCC Radio. You talked about Dover last week, bro. Yeah. I feel like 
I'm behind on some. I probably am behind on everything. Behind on updating the game. As far as I know, just... the last episode on our our thing was Nerd Table. Yeah, the fifth episode, Grad Bag. Yeah, Eric and I got so inundated with our conversation that we uh, missed out on all the other stuff we wanted to talk about. So we Well, decided... you ran down every single DC and every single Marvel movie ever. Yeah, You're not was... going to have time for extra stuff. <laughs> Wait till we actually get to actually reviewing them. Because well, well, you'll, you'll be on that episode. That, you're doing one or two at a time. Probably. For an you're you're going to be on that one anyway, so. Because you've actually seen most of those. I got it, because if you're going to talk about, if you want to talk about Howard the Duck for more than two seconds. <laughs> I have seen Howard the Duck. Eh, it's been a while, but I have seen it. I didn't hate it. It's cheesy as sh- as hell. I saw it when I was young. It's cheesy as all hell, but did you? I'll watch it again. Did you see him in the portal scene? No, I did not. I don't think. I think I saw it like after. Right when Evangeline Lilly shows up, he's in the background coming out of the portal, and he's got a gun in his hand. Yeah, he usually has like a a cartoony Tommy gun. He came to fight. He came to fight Thanos' forces. I hope he lived. I hope he made it. I remember when we saw Guardians of the Galaxy, we got to the post credit scene, and he shows up. I start laughing, and Shannon's like, am I supposed to get this? I'm like, no, actually, you won't get this, but I get it, and it's fucking fantastic. It's Howard the Dog and Cosmo. Yeah. They got the whole Howard thing. the Duck and Cosmo the... The dog, Astronaut yeah. Dog. Howard the Dog. There probably is a Howard the Dog out there. Probably. Probably. So it's Howard the Duck and Cosmo the... The astronaut dog. Yeah. So it's uh, it's mid-September right now, and uh, we're already making... I can't talk about anything because there's everything's preliminary. But I want to get you guys hyped for 2021 because we might be making some changes. Some good, some bad. Yes. What's the fortune for? We're making some changes? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to make some changes that some people may not like, but other people changes are probably going to gonna gonna be all be all for it and all stoked for it i'm stoked for it and i know you're stoked for it so um, we're kind of the heads of ckcc radio so i guess that's really all that matters right is that we by kind of i mean actual (laughs) we are we're the we're the sole people and uh we'll go ahead and i'll say this now because this is basically confirmed but glenn will not be rejoining us on this show that's a good thing for him because his life is busy enough and he's still working, which was what he was worried about. Uh, but if you guys were ever hoping for a return, unfortunately, it will not be happening on Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. So it'll just be me and Dan for now. And we'll see what the future brings. But, you know, and, and like I said, I know that that's kind of that's one of those changes where it's kind of bad. Because we'll miss Glenn, uh, we'll miss his input, but you know what? That means that his life is going well, and he's staying busy enough that he can't dedicate himself to the show. And that's always a good thing. Because nobody wants their friend to be out of work and struggling and all all that crap. Nobody would want that. I don't want that. I want Glenn to be happy. I want him and his wife to continue to live their fabulous lives and be happy and healthy and... Take care of their kitty. You have a beautiful cat, by the way. Celeste. All black kitty. 
Speaking of cats, one just came flying up on my computer chair behind me and caused a freaking earthquake. That would be Lily. Hello, Lily. Lillian. Lillian. Yeah, I've never actually called her that. We've never... I don't know if our cat even knew her name because we never called her it. Our cats actually do know their name. They will look at you, but they also ignore you at the same time. Hi. cat thing. Having fun up there? I bet you are. If you're going to jump on the desk, please don't, because there's nowhere good for you to land. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the wrestling portion of this wrestling podcast. Dan, take us through some trivia, please. Okay, so last week we discussed Otter the Giant was in a famous episode of Six Million Dollar Man. Where'd he play? This famous episode of Six Million Dollar Man. Andre the Giant portrayed Bigfoot. right he was bigfoot oh my okay i did not know that and the reason why it was famous is because they fight and and steve ends up ripping bigfoot's arm off and he realizes andre the 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 andre bigfoot is also got bionics oh boy andre foot (laughs) (laughs) andre the sasquatch Technically a two-episode thing, but that's like the way things were back then. Our next question is also actually a two-episode thing. When I Appar- say episode, apparently Lily knew the answer because she just yelled at you. I don't oh, yeah. know if you. I don't know if you heard it, but I heard it. Yelled at and I've me. got if I've got noise canceling headphones on, then somebody had to hear it. All right, can you get down now? Because you're actually starting to annoy me. I love this cat to death, but she can't settle on top of the chair, and she. There she goes. You probably heard that. My eight-pound cat makes a loud noise when it hits the ground. I love this cat to death, and I might just kill her. No, that would never be the case. I love, I love my cats. I love them probably too much, some people would say. So. Keeping with the Andre television thing. Yes, please keep with that. Because he was on a two-part episode of a semi-famous sitcom but the show had an odd thing about it that made it stand out what was the show and what was the thing that made it stand out Mm, i think i may have a guess i'll come up with that a two-parter of a sitcom okay yeah i think i might have a guess there because i've looked at andre's filmography before like, and because they count like every freaking WWF DVD and VHS release, it's full of that shit. Right. Andre is... played himself in Hulkamania 5. And it's just like they just they had clips from the WrestleMania match. <laughs> so like I uh You know it's funny. Okay, so I just went to Andre's filmography, right? And mm-hmm. I, the Six Million Dollar Man is actually his second credit. You know the known for thing where they list like the top four things that you're known for? Mm-hmm. Princess Bride, Six Million Dollar Man as Bigfoot. That's actually really funny. That's really, really funny. I'm looking... I'm cheating, guys. You're not supposed to do this, but I'm cheating. I'm looking for... The famous, semi-famous sitcom he was on. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. 
I would not have know. I would not have guessed that. The answer to both parts of the question. Yeah. I also saw another thing I didn't realize he was in. So okay. That's that's fun. Alright, so we got some Andre the Giant trivia. Some giant trivia. Call the Brute Squad. I'm on the Brute Squad. <laughs> you are the Brute Squad. I am the damn Brute Squad. So let's move into some actual wrestling news here. What is going on with 2K Battlegrounds and Tessa Blanchard? Okay, so I was watching a uh, early release stream of the game uh, because they got permission to do it like six hours before midnight. So they were doing it before anyone else. So because so because of that, on every dirt sheet, it's attributed to the to them to New Legacy Inc about finding this in the breakdown of how to play Royal Rumble in that game. They have these stylized pictures of wrestlers, right? So it's like this weird, like semi painting, semi whatever. And it's like all these different, like golds and oranges and stuff. And at the end talking about being triumphant in the Rumble is the famous picture of Tesla Blanchard on the apron with her arms out and it's got like every detail, like how her fingers, how her index fingers are pointing out, and the rest of her hands are curled up, like the ex- the exact curvature of her biceps, how her hair is, li- how the left side of her hair is over her chest, but the right side is behind her. It's an it's the the picture. And now it's said that the the person that, that made the photograph says they did not have permission, so there might be issues coming. <laughs> oh boy! Well, that is something, huh? That is something. All right, so freaking Tessa Blanchard. Have they there been any updates about uh? Whether or not Tessa is actually going to come to WWE or not, because I know it's been a. I think she returned to Impact. Okay. Didn't she leave on bad terms, or does that just not matter? Yeah, wild champion, and they had to do a bunch of bullshit. You know, sometimes I just can't, like, I just can't with the wrestling business as a whole. Like, uh,. I mean, I'm all for forgiveness and second chances, but, you know, there are some people who are just Impact seems to forgive and forget really fucking quick. Really quick, yeah. Whereas Vince McMahon... (laughs) He'll hold a grudge forever. And then then name an award after you. All right, so I did hear this, that Melina is returning to the WWE. Maybe as soon as next week. Yes. And I'm good with that because I always liked Melina and I always thought she was a pretty underutilized talent. It does kind of suck that Alicia Fox is retired now so they can't have another classic match of the year candidate. Mm. But, you know. You also remember Melina was like 15 years older than she was back then. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Uh, Ivar of the Viking Raiders, that would be the former Hanson. Yes. Is, uh... Had his successful, you are correct. He has his successful surgery. His next surgery After was botch dive on Raw. Yes. So good for him, and we wish him a speedy recovery. 
neck injuries can be anywhere from six months when you're good to go up to over a year when they are a little more extreme. Up to so, never again. Yes. Okay. Even with this successful surgery. So good for him, though, because that's a... We want want to see him back soon. And I wonder if that means uh, Eric of the Viking Raiders is just going to do, like, raw well, stuff. Well, I mean, he's got a pregnant wife. Oh, yeah, so he might just be like, all right. See y'all ten months. Yeah, basically. When I got a three month old. <laughs> basically, yeah. All right. So, why did the wrestler Babatunde change his name? Well, that's an easy one. Sounds like a riddle. <laughs> yeah. Why did Babatunde change his name? That's uh, because his actual name is Babatunde. Yeah, and they don't want to do that. Especially now with all the bullshit happening about people making money, making money so off their what is he? What is he going by now? Oh my Cause god! Because if I remember, it wasn't Babatunde, Polish professional professional wrestler and American football player. Uh, he is currently going as Dabakato. Yes, Dabakato. Kato. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Meh. So, his, uh, his WWE run is, like, basically non-existent. He got signed in 2016. He... And he's been at the Performance Center the entire time. Yeah, he competed at NXT House Show. He was a Leo Rush heater. And then when Rush got called up to the main roster, that was the end of that. Then they put him in the Greatest Royal Rumble. And he wrestled at Evolve 127. Other than that, it's just Raw Underground. And now he's on Raw Underground. It's Daba Keto. Daba Keto. Yeah, so... uh... Because he's a big old boy. I don't know. Uh, But who else is in talks with WWE, Dan? Uh, (laughs) In fact, his name is Dan. The little man by the name name of Daniel Cormier. You know, former heavyweight champion in the UFC. Actual talks, huh? That'd, yeah. be, that'd be pretty cool. He even confirmed it. He's like, yeah. The source, the source was he. <laughs> yeah, I'm in talks with them. So unless he's a big, big-ass big liar. And uh, probably, that's pr- probably legitimate. Let's look at his, uh, his win-loss record in MMA. In 26 matches, he's had 22 wins, 3 losses, and a no contest. That's crazy. He's only been knocked out one time. And he has lost the other two by decision. Let's see. In fact, his first ever match was a unanimous decision. His second ever match was a round 4 TKO. And then, since then, other than one other loss and a no contest, he's won everything. So he's friggin'... Yeah, he's freaking on fire. He's been at a bunch of UFCs. He did strike... For, oh, I am so sorry. I read this backwards like a dope. No, I was like, oh, that was just his first one. No, his last two matches were losses. Big losses, too. He was TKO'd by Stipe Mioka. Miosic, 
Miocic? Can't pronounce Stipe. that. Yeah, it's the uh, Stipe, yeah. Croatian Stipe. name. Miocic. And then in the rematch went to decision. So Stipe's got two wins over him. His first loss was to John Jones at UFC 182. And it was the fight of the night. So is that what happens when you start taking losses in ultimate fighting as you go to professional wrestling? Well, it was already it was gonna be his last fight anyway, so Oh, was it? I didn't know that was actually scheduled that was, to be his yeah, last fight. It was like his last fight. Um Yeah. So that kinda sucks that he that he lost, but But I I think he'd be good in WWE. I think uh, a lot of UFC guys translate pretty well. For the most part. I mean, Shayna Baszler had kind of a rough start, but now she's one of the better workers that they've got in the women's division. I'm glad to see that they're doing something with Jessamyn Duke and Marina Schaefer in that Raw Underground stuff. Ronda Rousey picked it up pretty quickly. She was way better than anticipated, considering the amount Her of training that she had. Her first match was better than some people has been around forever. Yeah. And of course, look at other translations. I mean, Ken Shamrock, he was always entertaining as well. He was he was a pro wrestler before he was an MMA fighter. I thought Dan Severn was pretty good, just underutilized. So yeah, I think uh, I think there's something to be said there. An email from Square Enix about how I've been doing in Avengers so far, and there's an outright lie right at the beginning of it. Oh, why? My most powerful hero is not Hulk. (laughs) <laughs> and they're telling my most powerful hero is Hulk. He's like my least powerful hero, I think. Ooh, okay. Well, he was lying to me. They've been lying. Why the fuck you always lying? <laughs> and when I said that Hulk was your best hero, I lied, I say. My best hero is actually Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good news or maybe bad news. Guess depends on how it goes. But uh, Matt Riddle has filed a civil suit against that Candy Cartwright for the defamation false accusation. And good for him because, you know, I've stated this on the past before. You've got to, you've got to call these people out. You can't let that stuff They tried to ruin your life. Exactly. Call them out and make them pay for it. Also, speaking of trying to control your life. WWE filed to trademark the Bella Twins personal hygiene line called Bella Glam. That sounds like some BS right there. Oh, well, you know, you can't make that money off that name. I guess they're going to have to go back to being the Garcia Twins. And then everyone's like, who the fuck are the Garcia Twins? And they go, oh, it was the Bella Twins at WWE. And they go, ah, and then they move on. Basically, yeah. My wife just read their book that came out. She really liked it. She gave it to me to start reading, and I've just been putting it off because I'm terrible at getting started on Does a book. Does it just say you can look what you can't touch a million times? No. But she said it was, She said it's kind of annoying, though, because I guess it switches vantage points kind of quickly. Like, they'll be telling a story from one point of view, and then the other one will just kind of, like, it'll, like, start going from their point of view, and it's a little confusing. But that just seems like their life in general so it is could be as bad as the rocks book which i was super excited about and i got on the day it came out and then i later traded it for a almost fully broken 
uh, laser pointer <laughs> and felt like I got the better part of the deal. <laughs> I'd be interested in a Dwayne book now, but that rock book was written like in 99 and it was in character. Uh, I'm talking about five-year-old The Rock wanting to cut a promo on some jabroni. I could, uh, yeah, I would get tired of that pretty quickly. Talking about like somebody was trying to hold up his dad for for his pay on a high chief Peter Maivia dead, you know, uh, what the fuck you call memorial show, and he's like, I wanted to kick his candy ass, and I'm just like, gee, you're like twelve. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the NWA. The contract of James Storm is done. So where is he going to show up? Where is James Storm going to show up? I don't know. I mean, would you like to see him actually get a run in WWE? Because I would. He, he almost got started, and then he's like, nah, I'm going to leave. Uh, yeah, like If he would have stuck around the first time, maybe, but probably not now. I think AEW should make a big push for him. Because he would make a big impact there. Do not go back to Impact, please. AEW I mean, that's the reason needs- why he, he didn't just sign with NXT, because Impact gave him more money. Yeah. Basically. Whatever, I remember that they they had like the 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 fire Titantron, this weird cowboy music's playing. I'm like, who is this? And then fucking James Storm walks through the curtain, and the whole place just lights up. And it's just like, holy shit, that's James Storm in NXT. And then he wrestled like two or three matches, and he was gone. He he, had, he was never on an actual deal. <laughs> yeah, he had the same amount of freaking screen time, basically, that Chris Harris got. And Chris Harris is retired now, isn't he? He's done though, right? Like oh, I don't yeah. I don't think he I hadn't even heard from him since Raiden Walker, so maybe it uh maybe he just decided to uh to say the hell with wrestling. Okay, so this says he's still active. Okay. He's also forty six. Uh WWE was oh eight. Returned to TN yeah, independent circuit, two thousand eight to present. So he still does stuff, but you just don't really hear about him doing stuff. He was a fake sting in late WCW. Oh, God. Unfortunately. He wasn't the fake sting, but he was a fake sting. He was a fake sting. Yeah. Actually, James Storm was, in fact, there. I didn't realize he was part of that. He was part of the R&B security team. Also, names like Chris Harris and James Storm will be coming up on the VIP show. Yes, they will, because we're going to talk about some TNA. And I mean more than just total nonstop action. I got a lot to say about that show. You patrons are going to be very interested in this one. I have a lot to say. Trust me. On the first ever TNA show, because there's a there's a big theme that goes throughout the 
the whole deal, and... Uh, yeah, you'll see, you'll see, but yeah. Uh, it's where... funny, because one of the biggest things is, like, yeah, I get it, but also technically incorrect. <laughs> yep. Hilarious. And speaking of AEW, Vince Russo, whose opinion means so much in the wrestling business, of course. I actually just farted really bad as I said the name Vince Russo. So there you go. There's my opinion right there. Uh, yes. He says, I will not watch their product anymore, bro, because they do too much gymnastics, bro. And they're, they're too dangerous. They're going to hurt themselves, bro. Vince Russo, I agree with your opinion. I am very angry that it was your opinion in the first place. I do agree. They need more wrestling and less stunts. A criticism I have of their wrestling style. But Vince Russo and his opinions just should not carry any weight to them. Meanwhile, the Melts gave a parking lot brawl on AEW this week. Five stars. Did he really? Yeah, a thing that I don't think I would even qualify as being an actual match. Meltzer? Meltzer has lost his fucking mind with this. The o- because everybody everybody points it out all the time, and it's it's the damn freaking truth. He's friends with all these guys because of PWG and everything. But oh my god, like how is this like I don't know. Like, I I can't understand how you're just you're letting this get in the way of your journalistic integrity. And he's always been such a good journalist and such a good analyzer. And all his facts are accurate. Like, you can really look back and trace all of his facts and everything. And and, and he's just he's always got the the insider stuff, and he's usually right. But well, he was never on television, so once the internet became the thing, yeah, he uh, cashed in on how to get famous, <laughs> how to get views, and that's be fucking. Let's put it this stupid. way: <laughs> the the parking lot brawl got five stars, but Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania 18 got three. If that doesn't sum up the issues with Meltzer's star ratings, I don't know what else to tell you, and. I'm impressed at the number of people, even some people listening to the show right now in our group, who really, like, take that for gospel. Like, well, Meltzer gave it five stars. So what? He's just a guy with an opinion. Just because he's been able to put his out there for longer than you've been alive doesn't mean he's not just a guy with an opinion. He's Yeah, that's just it. He's a guy with an opinion. If you want facts and history and stuff like that, he's your go-to guy. But... Every star-based rating system is opinionated. Every single person who's ever had a star-based rating system is opinionated. If I came out and said Hogan versus The Rock was a five-star match, but that parking lot brawl was a one-star match, would you immediately take that as gospel? No, you'd probably argue and say, well, he knows more about wrestling than you. But it's still an opinion. It's still an opinion-based thing. His is just more people take more note on that and 
you got to see this stuff on message boards and Twitter. Like, that couldn't have been a bad match because Meltzer gave it this many stars. Like, people actually do genuinely buy into him as their personal analyst. So. Ah, I had to take a sip of my drink because I got so dry mouth just thinking about it. It is what it is, guys. Form your own damn opinions. But I'd like, speaking of people with heat with Meltzer, I'd like, and, and Russo for that matter, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to Jim Cornette. He turned 59 yesterday. Well, wow, that dude's 20 years younger than I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, Cornette hasn't even hit 60 yet. But yeah, he uh, just celebrated a birthday. He closed... Was he 12 when he started? Jesus. He was like... He he was doing the photography stuff at 16. He broke in... He and like, could have been like... With the Midnights with like three titles in when he was 16. He really broke in when he was like 22. Like in 1982, I think he was like 22 years old. Well, let's see. He broke in in 1982. And he's 59 this year. So what's... uh. What what is that? Uh, Two thousand twenty. This is how you calculate the age here. Twenty twenty minus nineteen eighty two gives you thirty eight. So he's been doing it for thirty eight freaking years. And if he's fifty nine minus thirty eight, twenty one. He was twenty one. So twenty one. Th- I'm pretty sure he said twenty two. So maybe it was one of those deals where he like it was like around the cusp of his birthday. But yeah. Right around then is when he broke in. He was just a young kid. I mean, my first show, my first couple of shows I did as a ring announcer were all before I turned 21. Oh, God. It's going to be 36 in November. It's coming. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. How old are you going to be in December? <laughs> 38. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, I can't catch you. But. I mean, there's one way you can catch me. Ah, oh. well, there's two. What's the other one? I could be cryogenically frozen, like Walt Disney's head is not. Yeah, that'll freeze you. That'll freeze your body in place, but you're still you're still gonna be X amount of years old. You can't change that. You were still born in '82. Yeah, but I'll be like simultaneously fifty, but also only thirty-eight. I guess. I mean, like how Dolly the Sheep died relatively quickly because it was simultaneously a newborn and an adult. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Well let's not talk about let's not talk about death. There's death in the news right now as we're recording this, so let's not let's not focus on that. Uh let let us however focus on well actually, hey you want to do this? Should we finish the wrestling and then get to the non wrestling thing? Because the, the last piece of news I have is non wrestling related. Yeah, but it's also for something we saw for half a second. Well, yeah, okay. So they released the new trailer for The Mandalorian Season 2, and the rumors were true that Sasha Banks will be in it. She does appear in the trailer. So congrats to her. I made the the big mistake of going to her Twitter feed to see what the feedback was, and of course, that's always a huge mistake. In fact, but my favorite one was right underneath, the because th- she shares the thing, right, with the screenshot. You know, like, this is the way. And a bunch of people are freaking out and supportive, like Kathy Kelly and Peyton Royce and everybody who's buddies. 
And then there's like this freaking fan who's just like, why would they have picked Sasha Banks for this? Why not Bray Wyatt? <laughs> like that was actually one of the comments. You remember when we used to do those on this show? When I used to read the. Uh, yeah. I kind of miss that. Some of that stuff was friggin' just god awful. And I didn't even realize it was Sasha at first. I figured it was Rosario. As a I, well, what's funny is I watched the trailer on my phone and I was like, oh, did I just catch a. Was that supposed to be Ahsoka? And I'm like, I don't think so. That didn't look like Ahsoka. And then I got the. Uh, I started looking at like the screenshots and zooming in. I'm like, wait, no, that's Sasha. I'm like, I'm almost positive that's her. Because, of course, I'm see- seeing this on my phone. I'm only seeing screenshots that were just taken. So there's no high-res pictures. And and then, of course, I start seeing all the comments. And I'm like, okay, yeah, so they are confirming that was her. But the rumor... Where are you in Clone Wars right now? Before I say anything. Uh, in Season 3. Have you, How much of Mandalore have you seen in the Clone Wars? Uh, some. Some. I've definitely done some stuff there. There was the Mandalorian Separatists as well. Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm reading a thing on MSM. They think she's playing Sabine. Sabine, yeah. Okay. She's the Mandalorian warrior who shows up in Rebels. And the big rumor is that because she's... From what I understand from the Rebels storyline... Now, I I only just finished Clone Wars recently, and I'm working through Avatar The Last Airbender before I go back and jump into Rebels. I'm trying to... Because I'm I'm trying to bridge my shows here. So, like, I'm going to go from Avatar into Rebels and then go to Legend of Korra, so I'm getting some breathing room between them to digest. Well, at the end of... I mean, I won't say what Ahsoka's fate is at the end of Clone Wars, but when she shows up again in Rebels, which is not a spoiler, by the way. Everybody knew that. Um, my understanding is that the two of them are aligned, and it leads into the time period when the Mandalorian would be taking place. So that is a big possibility that if that's who she's playing, and if you look up the pictures of Sabine Wren... She's got purple hair. <laughs> Well, yeah, but she's got the she's got the right uh, character look that Sasha could be playing. Then there's a possibility that's what she's doing because they talk about her with the whole thing with the you know the the ancient wizards, the ancient sorcerers, or whatever, referencing the Jedi. And we know Ahsoka's in this season. Wouldn't that make sense that that's the person who's spying on them? Somebody aligned with Ahsoka Tano. What I'm happy with is that the rumor ended up being true. Because remember, like, they were like, oh, there's a rumor that while she was absent for that period of time back in the beginning of the year, she shot scenes for The Mandalorian. And then there was never any feedback from that. It's not like she said anything. There was never a press release. There was never... Like, if you look up Sasha Banks' Mandalorian, all you got were articles from February. And then right around the time they were talking about the release date for Mandalorian Season 2, she started a Twitter feud with Gina Carano. And I'm like, okay, time out a second. She has to be involved with this. Because that timing is was just too coincidental. Right? Well, there you go. And that also creates an interesting dynamic, right? Because if she is aligned with Ahsoka, then in the Mandalorian's world, 
they're the bad guys. So, hmm. And you have seen all of The Mandalorian, right? Yeah, I saw okay. the first season. I figured you did. As it came out? Yes, as, as did all of us. Which I like watching it that way, by the way. I very much enjoy that. Because I always have something to look forward to the next week. I know some people like their binge, but I like I like this way. I this like is... the binge. I like Matter the binge. Fact, I gave things. up on watching episodic <laughs> shows a few years ago. Yeah, I still I don't always have to binge, although I am doing some binges right now, but cuz then it comes to a point where you realize you don't look forward to a show anymore and you're going to stop. Like what happened to me with The Walking Dead, I stopped looking forward to it during the week. And that's done now. That'll be done soon. And South Park's got a a pandemic special coming up on, yep. the, thir- on the 30th, which even my wife was kind of excited to watch that. She doesn't like South Park. So there you go. So, All right, Dan, what's happening over in Japan? G1 Climax starting tonight, baby! Oh, boy, here we go. G1, baby! So first show tonight, second show tomorrow. So we've got block matches there because it's still living in the land of COVID. It looks like on the thing, they only have one preliminary match, which is two young lions, which is Suji versus Yuamura. And then we're getting right to block matches. This is block A. We got Osprey versus Yujiro. Jeff Cobb versus Taichi, which I think might be a sleeper match. Then we get Ishii versus Suzuki. Those boys are going to be slapping meat. <laughs> Some big men slapping meat. Murder Grandpa Zook over there with that never title. Shingo versus Jay White. And the main event of the first night of the G1 Climax Okada Ibushi. There you go. Oh my god. Okada Ibushi. The thing is. Last year, they did the first show in America, and the main event for the first night of the G1 Climax was Okada Tanahashi. <laughs> they like to start with something huge. Uh, tomorrow night, when it will be technically on Sunday for us, uh, B Block, Juice versus Yoshihashi, Yano versus Sanada, Goto versus Kenta, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Evil. And your main event of night two, Tanahashi versus Naito. Just blowing their wad on fucking night one and two. And you got 17 more shows after it. (laughs) All righty. G1 is back, baby. So... We didn't get a ton of feedback for our uh, segment I wanted to do this week. We're going to talk about the best and worst hometowns in wrestling, the uh, the out-of-the-box stuff. But we got a little bit of feedback, so we won't make a huge segment out of it. But I, I did get... overarching is people with a gimmick hometown that aren't a gimmick. Right. So let's read the, the feedback that you... Well, first of all, let me go through the WrestleCrap official list. They had seven of them as listed as the worst. I'm asking for best and worst, but of course it's WrestleCrafts. They focus on the worst. A little town in France, which is where Black Blood was billed from. The executioner in good old WCW. 
Dan, do you know who played Black Blood? Black Blood? Yes. Not off the top. Billy Jack Haynes. That's the gimmick they came up with him. A masked executioner with an axe. That was their brilliant gimmick for a friggin' legend. Like Billy Jack Haynes. Well, I mean, I guess it's better than his gimmick being, I'm a big guy from Oregon. I'm so into being from Oregon. I'll put, I'll wear Oregon green tights with a big O on my butthole. With a big Oregon O on my butthole. My butthole. My butthole. (laughs) Number six was Japan. And not because the people were from Japan, because they never build cities and put everybody there. there. No cities or anything in Japan. Including... The Hawaiian Mr. Fuji and the Canadian Kato Paul Diamond. So I just remember like when finally like watching ECW and they outright said that Tajiri was from Yokohama. I was like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Outer Reaches of Your Mind comes in at number five. Yeah. That's one of the guys that main evented the first ever Monday Night Raw. Damien Dependo. Uh, number four is The Woods, which is where... <laughs> Matt Bourne's Big Josh character came from. Early 90s WCW. WCW. Yep. Where he was essentially Billy Jack Haynes. Yeah. He was a lumberjack <laughs> from the woods and he had dancing bears. Jeez. Uh, number three. This this one cracks me up because I think they're missing the joke here. The last house on the left. Actually, I know they're not. Actually, I know they're not missing the joke. They're taking it literally, which is funny. But that was where horror movie. Yes, that's where Hack Myers was from. Yeah, and then later uh, Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan, yeah. And what's funny is uh, in the WrestleCraft book, they're like, "Reader, please put down this tome and head down your street and knock on the door of the last house on the left. If we all work together, we might actually find Myers, who's been missing from Major League Wrestling since 1996." So that's it. Your your mission is to find Hack Myers. Mm-hmm. But the issue is, what is, what is the other way? What's uh, the other street? Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two is the Kennel Club, which was Brian Pillman's masked yellow dog creation. Ah, uh, yellow dog. A Dusty Rhodes invention. And my personal favorite, number one, WCW Special Forces, the hometown of the Patriots tag team. Yes, the Patriots tag team. I know one of them was Firebreaker Chip, but I, I actually have to look this up now to see who these guys were. WC, yeah, Todd Champion and Firebreaker Chip. Was that? I think that was both of them, yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Todd, yeah, Todd Champion, who is retired. So you won't be seeing him anymore. And Firebreaker Chip, who is also retired. He was the White Angel, Archangel, Curtis Thompson, which is his real name, Falcon, and Firebreaker Chip. And Todd Champion also wrestled as Pero Russo and KGB. So that's a thing that you now know. They are both retired, so you will never see the Patriots again. Can you think about all the guys went to the power plant and only one paid off? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Goldberg. Goldberg paid. Oh, I thought you meant, or, or was it Chuck Palumbo? 
No, it was a freaking gold bar, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was def- decisively not Chuck Palumbo that paid off. Okay, so let's go through what the, the listeners said, and then I'll go through the uh, the list that I came up with. So Matt Hardman was our big uh, our big feedback guy here. His personal all-time favorite was Truth or Consequences, New Mexico for Cactus Jack. It's an actual place, though. Yes. Um, everybody always talks to... Everybody talks about Parts Unknown. And that was the thing. Like, Parts Unknown wasn't included for a reason. But Chris Wright pointed out that the Ultimate Warrior, he's like, dude, you're from Arizona. <laughs> so stop being from Parts Unknown. Chris Wright also said that Bombay, Michigan was just goofy. That was Sabu. Because I don't think Bombay, uh, Michigan... A lot of people did stuff like that where they're, like, combined, like... Yeah. Where their gimmick is, or where they used to live. Oh man, <clears throat> uh, Ember Moon when she was on the Indies as as uh, Athena, she would list like five hometowns. Nice, because <laughs> of where like she's lived all wherever. Yeah, well, that would be like okay. So I would bill myself from Vernon, New Jersey, which is where I'm actually from. But if I was doing a show in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, I would announce myself from there because I'd be the hometown hero. Right? Like, like you live in North Carolina now, but if you were doing a show in Syracuse, you would want, obviously, you would want to be billed from there. But let's say you actually did compete in Charlotte and you were right there, or I, I forget the name of the actual town you live in. Huntersville. Huntersville, right. If you were actually competing at a show in Huntersville, you wouldn't be billed from Syracuse. You'd want to be from Huntersville because you'd be the hometown boy. Be like, nah, cheer for me. I'm from here. That's the thing, right? Yeah, but if I was in Syracuse doing a show, I'd probably be like, yeah, I grew up here. And I left as soon as I could. Ah, All right. Well, if you were a heel. I'm going to be very specific with my cheap heel heat. Uh, Exactly. Matt Hardman also puts over Death Valley for The Undertaker, which is a good one. He also says Tombstone, Arizona would have worked just the same, but I think Death Valley works because it's it's simple. You know he's not actually from there. Very few people actually are from Death Valley. Um, Matt also points out that he recalls Techno Team 2000 being billed from the 21st century, and he says that was the ultimate in suckitude. Uh, another worst from Matt, Nastyville, which of course was where the Nasty Boys were from. Yeah, Dudleyville just works better. Well, the whole idea of Dudleyville is that like almost everyone that lives there is related to Big Daddy Dudley, who was a traveling salesman and fucked a lot. Yeah. Uh, we have two other feedbacks, but one of them didn't specify where the person's from, and the other one just buried the person's entrance as a whole, so we won't read those. But I will read from Jay Winger from the Board of Death Bingecast. Pointed out that Deuce and Domino were built from the other side of the tracks. Although he does not specify if that was a good or bad thing. So, I'll let you be the, the decision maker. Usually, when they say they're from the other side of the tracks, it's usually some douche, rich douche talking about the poor kid. Alright, so. so I've got two lists here. One of them is Sports Entertainment's... 20 Most Bizarre Hometowns, and this is a WWE.com article. From Columbus, Ohio. But then I have the 12 greatest fictional hometowns in wrestling history, starting with number 13, so I think they got their numbers off. 
But this is from what culture, so you know this one's going to vary. Which one do you want me to go through first? Uh, I have... WWE or what culture? I mean, they both sound possibly as awful as the other. All right, well, let's try... Let's start with uh, what culture. We'll do the short one first. The one I actually have to click through. I got a list of places for you, too, later. Oh, perfect. All right, so the first one they have is The Cosmos, which is where Aerostar is from. Uh, number 12 is Dudleyville. Don't have to explain that one. 11 is The Outer Reaches of Your Mind, so that one's obvious. Uh, the Fifth Dimension, which is apparently where Cody Rhodes built himself from is Stardust. I don't think I remember that. <laughs> I actually don't remember him being built from the Fifth Dimension, but that's kind of funny. Ah, number nine is Bad Street Atlanta, GA. That's a good one. That's that's one of those ones where it's like borderline. Well, it's it does say it. Oh, it says it's it's praising them as being greatest. So I won't. I'm not burying anything here. Beyond the grave, which is Mil Muertes. He hails from Masala de la Tromba, which is beyond the grave. That's a cool one. Planet Funk, the Funkasaurus. And his Funkadactyls. The Other Side of Darkness, which is where Gangrel and Luna Vachon were built from. That's a cool one. I kind of like that. El Entre Mundo. You remember that one? El Entre Mundo, the beyond, the between world. Do you remember who that was from Lucha Underground? Yeah, from Drago, right? Drago. Could even hear Melissa Santos saying that in my head. The Iron Gates of Fate. Of course, that is the, where the Dungeon of Doom came from. Obviously. More specifically, Kevin Sullivan as the Taskmaster. The Taskmaster. Uh, apparently, when John Tenta was the shark, he hailed from Tsunami. So, and then... Just from a Tsunami? <laughs> just from a Tsunami. So he's literally a Sharknado, dude? <laughs> John Tenta was a Sharknado. W7 Sharknado 15 years before Swifi did. Oh my god, this is is the greatest, I think this is the greatest discovery I've ever made in wrestling. John Tenta was a Sharknado, a literal Sharknado. I'm so happy. That that is now the name of this episode. I'm writing that down before I friggin' blank on it, because I have a bad habit of doing that. John, John Tenta was a Sharknado. That's awesome. Later, it was just changed to the Great Barrier Reef, which is not as cool. They should have stuck with the Sharknado. There's sharks on the Barrier Reef, isn't it? Too, Apparently. Too shallow for me? Uh, I think so. I think so. Yep, WCW Special Forces came in at number two. And number one, unsurprisingly, Parts Unknown. And this was, w, this was WWE's list? No, that was... Uh, what Cultures? Okay. That was What Cultures. Here's WWE's list. <clears throat> the Bowery for Raven, which is a real place. Shorinji Temple from Fuyuka... Fu, oh my god, I can't pronounce this. Fukoya... Fukoka... Oh my god, I cannot pronounce this. F-U-K-U-O-K-A. You do it. Fukoka? Fukoka? I guess. Uh, that was where Glacier hailed from. Other side of the tracks is there. 
outer space for Max Moon. Just from outer space. Not the fucking moon! Not just space. In general. Space. I'm space. Uh, Pepperland. That's where the Blue Meanie hailed from. Because, you know, that's where John, Paul, George, and Ringo were from. That's right. Nastyville. The Penalty Box, which is where the goon came from. From the Penalty Box. That's actually kind of funny. There's Bad Street, USA. The Land of Yin and Yang for the Zodiac. Good lord. Who knows where? For who? The Jim Neidhart Masked Abomination. Poor Jim Neidhart. I think he only wrestled for like as who for like a month, right? Just rolling over in his grave. Uh, there's Little Town in France for Black Blood. There's WCW Special Forces, and they got the picture of Todd Champion and Firebreaker Chip. Firebreaker Chip looks way too happy to be fighting a fire for you. Like, I'm a little terrified. He's got the Justin Roberts pedophile smile going on, and I don't like that. This picture's making me uncomfortable. Oh my god, Blitzkrieg hailed from the cosmos. I didn't even know Blitzkrieg was a space traveler. Neither did I. Yeah, okay. Every girl's dream and every man's nightmare. The team of Sting and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. That's a good one, though. I've seen... I've seen a lot of those build before, like El Shoes, when I, I used to do shows with him, he would always build himself from somewhere really funny. From your girlfriend's best dreams, or, well, it was wet dreams when he didn't have to work a Johnny Glitter show. <laughs> Johnny Glitter didn't like that one. Your girlfriend's wet dream, so it changed to your girlfriend's best dream, which was not as catchy. Dudleyville's at number six. The Bottomless Pit for the Boogeyman. I forgot about that. From the Bottomless Pit, the Boogeyman. The State of Euphoria for Max Payne. Okay. Uh, Iron Gates of Fate. Out of Reaches of Your Mind. And, oh, this is a good one. Sid Vicious. Anywhere he damn well pleases. That's right. All right, that's a good one. What's What do you got? <clears throat> I have a list here. It goes, Walla Walla, Keokuk, Cucamonga, Seattle. <laughs> you just did that to pop me. <laughs> Seattle. Stop it, you're killing me. Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> Walla Walla, Cucamonga, Seattle. <laughs> uh... Oh, my. Do you have any more? Or was that just you just did that to pop me? I did that to pop you. Okay. Also, a famous one: the different seasonal residences of the Million Dollar Man. Oh yeah, Tyler Breeze did that gimmick too. He did the seasonal stuff. Oh yeah, because it's like, oh yeah, he just did a from his latest fashion shoot in yeah, Paris because it was it was Paris. He had one in Rio. He has seasonal residence in somewhere in like the Middle East in like an exotic location. Like, it might have been, like, it might have been Dubai. Yeah, he had seasonal residence everywhere. But you know what? Stuff like that's fun. You can build yourself from wherever you want. And the more fun you're having with this is, uh... And if you're Canadian and you're heel, you're from your Canadian place. And if you're not, you're from where you live now. A.K.A. Jericho being from Manhasset versus Winnipeg. Or 
Benoit from being from Georgia or Edmonton, depending upon where you were. There you go. Yeah, and that was a... Heel in America will say you're Canadian. If you want to be heel in Canada, will say you're an American. That was a yeah. That was a that was a big one where Vince made that friggin' that friggin' call. So, hey, no one likes Canadians. <clears throat> okay. You can't be a baby face and be from Canada. That doesn't work. <sighs> All right. Australians from Manhasset. No one knows it's from Long Island. It means he's rich. Well, he tried to build Jericho from Tampa, and that was the compromise. He said, you know what? Fine. If you're going to make me be an American, at least build me from the city that I am actually f- was born in. That was the, the compromise. Well, that, that becomes the thing, right? If, if wrestlers nowadays are from where they live... All of them are from somewhere in Florida because that's where... Or like Georgia or Tennessee, there's a bunch of them too. So yeah, that's yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's like everyone's in Florida because they were at the Performance Center for two years and they live in the Orlando. Yep. From Kissimmee. Yeah. <laughs> from... And their opponent's also from Kissimmee. Yeah. <laughs> from... Oh, this one's from St. Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> from Davenport. From Claremont. From Apopka. I mean, there's there's sections. <laughs> and then all the black... They had to be like, from the north side of yeah. Orlando. <laughs> and then all the black guys are from Pine Hills. Because, you know, that wouldn't from be offensive at all. actual downtown Disney. <laughs> yeah, actually from downtown Disney. From Lake Buena Vista. That's the where Disney is. I had a Lake Buena Vista address when I was living at the, the property. Because I was technically on disney property where i was living so but then when i was living even closer to disney than i was for their college program i was in orlando address even though i was not in the actual city of orlando i was basically in lake buena vista bordering kissimmee and they're like no we'll just give you an orlando address too complicated otherwise that's where i lived so, yes, there you go, guys. All right, Dan, you ready for some points or consequences? Oh, uh-huh. yeah, maybe. First, I should give a shout-out to our patrons, Glenn, Jeff, Jay, and Adrian, for continuing to help fund this show and keep it possible. And because you guys keep CKCC Radio afloat, literally single-handedly, because I fund it with patron money, I would also like to give you guys a bonus wrestle talk each and every week. That's what we do. And Dan and I are going to review the very first ever NWA TNA event from 2002, a two-hour pay-per-view from a Wednesday night. And we got stuff to say. Trust me, you're going to want to hear this. All right. Now we'll do points or consequences. So, Dan, your game this week was to basically just sexualize a finisher, I guess. It was basically just make it raunchy, outright... Yeah, they uh, we got Jack, Kevin Nash's jack off power bomb. We, the... we we got a decent turnout for it. You ready? Yeah, I have like one I thought of, and if I hear it, I'm gonna bury it. Oh, there you go. Right off the bat, we have the balls of Jericho. He's rubbing them up against your back. <laughs> Break down the balls. Break down the balls. So it's a tea bag. 
The finisher is just a tea bag. I mean, he's tea bagging you in the back. <laughs> That's an achievement in Mortal Kombat 10. If you, after you hit, you knock your opponent down instead of hitting them with the fatality, you just you do the ducking motion like really, really quickly in succession. You get an achievement for tea bagging them. Jesus. I don't own the game, but I have the achievement because it happened on my PlayStation. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, uh, points. Alright, next up, the pedigree. If you kick out, you're a pedophile? Like, what? (laughs) I'd like to hit some pedophiles with pedigree. Or or if you don't kick out, you're a pedophile? You're dead. And that the idea is, like, he hits you with it, like, the idea when he was the, the... American blue blood or whatever that only people who are superior like him could kick out after this move or whatever. Well, that's why nobody ever kicks out of it. Gotta be strong. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If video game came out and they had the directive to not post any pictures or anything with Triple H not in a superior position. I don't remember that. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. He couldn't be mean, shown as, as helpless or vulnerable. No, 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 no. Ugh. It's a thing that happened. That's terrible. like 10, 12 years ago, but I That's awful. Anyway, you get points. Okay. Cross face dicking wing. Jeez. I mean, yeah, when you're in that move, you kind of got a free spot there. <laughs> Get your oil checked, amongst other things. Oh, my God. It's dicking. Hit him with the chicken wing. It's dicking. Dicking. Dick skin. It's dickens. It's dickens. That's what I said. Dick skin. Oh, there's going to be a, bo- a boogie, and you better be- better believe it's going to be a boot scooting. Thank you, boy. <laughs> there you go. Next, the 069. Show my O face. <laughs> nice. You get points. The donkey punch. Gross. That's an actual move. So what, I, is, what is the main move supposed to be here in this one? I mean, I guess that could be anything with a punch, right? The knockout punch? The Superman punch? I'm going to guess... Do you remember in late WCW, Terry Funk's finisher was the turkey punch? I don't remember that. He literally would put his fist inside a turkey and then punch you. He did it like once or twice during a hardcore match, and that became his WCW finisher. Only Terry Funk could get away with that. Put his face in the asshole of a turkey and then punch you with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, 
it's supposed to be the knockout punch or whatever? It isn't really... My guess is knockout punch. It's supposed to be the big show. Who, by the way, big show show got canceled. Oh. You actually liked it, didn't you? Yeah, I'm guessing most people didn't like it as much as I did. Oh, well. I didn't like love it or anything, but I thought it was perfectly fine sitcom. Like, why not do the big show? And Greg Turbo. I guess you get points, but that one's close. Okay. Sweet chin dribble. Not what I expected from a <laughs> sweet chin music entry. Gross. But yeah. The razor's edging. You know what? I know what I would do with sweet chin music. Oh, yeah? Skeet chin music. <laughs> That's pretty good. Was that the one you were thinking of? No. You'll have to what tell I'm me. Of, I will tell up. you if it doesn't come up. Okay. But this one gets points. You know, it's funny. I actually thought of razor's edging, but then... I very stupidly didn't play it because I was like, I wonder if he'll know what that is. I'm like, wait a minute, it's Dan. He knows what that is. Next is the anal face. Instead of the stink face, it's straight up your butt's hole. <laughs> straight up your butt's hole. <laughs> you ever have a girl put a finger in your butt's hole? Oh, they call you Squirrely Dan for a reason. God, that cold open is my favorite one. And then they stop throwing him the ball and catch. That's my... <laughs> as soon as they stop and they just leave him alone, I started fucking belly laughing. The wrestling one's a personal favorite because of the references. But that might be my f- the best cold open they've ever done. That and the, uh, the, the winter one with the alphabetical yeah. comments from Wayne. Where you don't quite figure out where they're going until they're like, until they're like on the sixth or seventh letter. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. It was like G or H. Yeah, it's like G. You're like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, damn. Excuse me, seriously, please and thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you get points. The Diamond Comer. Bang. You get on your mark. There you go. John Cena's masturbating fist drop. You get nothing. That's dumb. <laughs> God damn. Okay. By the way, a diamond upside down is a pussy. Yes, it is. The Dudley dildo drop. Okay. Yeah. Points. <laughs> The five star comes flash. Not digging this one either. Okay. That brings us to the chase. Unzi. You got two zeros, but let's see how the last five do. <laughs> the tombstone pussy driver. I think that's an actual move. 
point. <laughs> By the way, I saw I got, got an ad for for the 2K Battlegrounds, and it's Undertaker playing the game with Michelle and their daughter. Oh, wow. It's like the three of them sitting on a couch, supposedly playing the game. I was like, damn. There you go. All right, next. The Dominate Her. You know. Is it a move for Becky Lynch? Ooh. She already disarms her. No, it's the Dominator. I know, but they give it to Becky oh, Lynch. Okay, well, I, I, I'd be right with Because she already has, like, a, a, a disarm her, right? You know, in 10 months when Becky might, might come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, points. <sighs> Sharp come shooter. Yeah, that's that's dumb. You're just throwing cum in there. And not even like at the right spot, I don't think. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you right now, you just gave Ellis no points. So yeah, we're I, I think we're two in a row, right? Didn't I bury him last week? Yeah, he had a stupid ass one last week. Yeah, I'll put that in my mouth. What the what does that even mean? Yeah, Vince McMahon's saying, I'll put that in my mouth. <laughs> God, I just saw that. I just saw something that's going to make me laugh really hard. All right. Penultimate entry. The People's Fist. <laughs> and plus, they took a jerk-off thing and made it stupid with that freaking John Cena one. It was already an innuendo. The people's fist. Yep. Yeah, you get points. I'm you sure. Can imagine doing like the whole thing and then all of a sudden his fists up your ass. <laughs> I'm really excited to read this last entry. Because I know already know what you're going to do to it. Uh-oh. And your final entry is The Donkey Punch. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Have we ever had somebody actually play someone else's previous entry before? Like completely wholesale? (laughs) I hope it wasn't a Don Mario last minute entry. Well, I will not confirm or deny this. I mean, you're going to let me know in like five minutes anyway. I know. Uh... Everyone here is dumb for hearing it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Sorry, Don. No points. God damn it. I know. And I didn't I didn't even know that there was a duplicate in here. I remember when I was copying it over that he was the last entry, as he usually is. And I saw that and I was like, what the fuck? That's why I started laughing. I didn't realize he played. Good job, Don. Okay, so my idea was the mandible cock. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that. You guys didn't make any yiffing references. There was no... 
No, uh, yeah. I thought of some of them were pretty damn clever. There were a couple that were really clever. And then there was a handful that were just like, I'm going to write cum in here. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll show you the list of who you buried. But by default, your winner with the diamond cummer, the only one that actually got the, the one that actually got the win. Which, well, yeah, it was just I threw cum in there. <laughs> As I just buried that idea. Was Chris Wright with the win. There's well, your list. I'm upside down as a pussy, and that adds to it. And you can see the uh, the people you buried who are generally more clever than this. So, yeah, but it is what it, they're not all going to be winners. Although Ellis, I don't know. I think he just goes for. I think he just goes for the the gross sometimes. Dude, I guess I'm an asshole. It was like we've been four people didn't get points, man. Well, then don't you have a pro tip for that? Yeah, I have two. Okay. And they are? Get good. And? Be more funny. Well, there you have it, guys. That's our show. Remember, next week to get good and be more funny when we return for another edition of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. We'll see you then. Bye.